Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. How and when do you need to hire a salesperson? As a salesperson, what kinds of qualities do you need to possess to land the job and do well? It's a tell-all episode with Doug and Jess as they roll through questions about hiring a salesperson. So whether you're in the field looking for a job or the one doing the hiring, you can have some knowledge on how to go about hiring or being hired. So they'll get into all the details. Let's get started. Jess. Doug. It has ended the day Friday. Doug. Doug. That's all that I have the energy for right now. Like Jess. Doug. I I look forward to this all week. I know this is the highlight of your week. This is the only this time the you only, let me talk to you. This is the only reason that you get through the week is you know that we're going to have RevOps show at the end. This is the only time you let me talk to you. Yeah, that's that's so true. So, not bad for we're uh for June, right? It is June. It's June now, right? I mean, June. We uh no. <laughs> we are not. No. We're halfway through 20. We're almost halfway through 23, aren't we? Feels like it. Feels like it. It's been a uh, hell of a year. <laughs> in, in in the last uh, 48 hours, the the adjectives used to describe what we implement are fancy spreadsheet. <laughs> and this is, by the way, all positives. Also, it'd be like they, they would, instead of using a spreadsheet, they'd use a fancy spreadsheet. Are these prospects? These are good prospects, actually. This is what, these are what the good ones say. Um, a skin for their ERP. Oh, so it's like a skin for our ERP, and uh, and trivial. Trivial. Yeah, like, I feel like good about fans. what we do. I'm glad to know that what we do is so appreciated. I mean, fancy spreadsheets not inaccurate <laughs> if you think about it. Well, you know, in, in, in defense, so it was a CFO who used the word trivial and, and was referring to C- CRM. And act, what I actually said to him was I said, you know, the, the tr- you know, as I've said on this show, if, if, if we're looking at the requirements of CRM through the lens of technology, that's been met. We've met those requirements since 2003. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. That's like I, I, I said I wouldn't use the word trivial to describe it. I said, but, you know, if I was in a different line of business, I might use it. I might say yeah. trivial. Yeah. I said, but it's the adoption, you know, and then, you know, so anyway, so that's, that's a, uh, so when you said that you're, when you said earlier today that you were, you were spent, that's what I was referring to when I said, oh my God, you don't even want to know. Oh, that, you that. You even want to know. No. Well, you told me, even though I didn't even want to know. Yep. Yep. It's been, uh, it's been a never ending um, um, afternoon. Holy cow. It's been the, the meeting after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. You know, Why I, are you doing I, that to yourself on Fridays? So you need to. I don't know. Be popular, they said. Yeah. You should strive to be indispensable, they said. Yeah. Overrated. Yep, I agree. I agree. Overrated. And there's our show. <laughs> Overrated. You know. You know what? I think people. Uh, people undervalue anonymity. Yep. Um, yep. But yes. Yeah, so. Uh, so you're going back to Dallas. I understand we're not. I understand we we got a we got a hard stop today because you're going to Dallas. We do. I am. We do. I'm going to go to the Colts. You're going to see the the 
You gonna go visit our biggest fans? I am. The our number one fan. fan. My mom. She doesn't listen to the show anymore, though, does she? Probably not. Why not? It's important that she listen to the show. I'll, I'll, that's why I'm going to make sure that, that I let her know. She has to listen to the show. That we, we should have her on, and, and, and we'll just introduce her as Jess's mom. Oh, that'll Jess's be... Mom, what do you think about RevOps? That'll be a ball of fun. I, I think it would. Totally think we should do that. I think we should. I think we should. I think we should. Okay, Marty, what, are what are we, we talking today, about today, Jess? What do we got today? I want to talk about how to hire for a sales role. I want to talk about how, how about hiring salespeople and how you do that effectively. <laughs> so effectively, you yeah. didn't say that in when you I gave me not. the notes to prepare. You did not. It said how to hire for a sales role. You did not say effectively. I did not. <laughs> You can't, you can't, throw I can't these spring that on you. Me. You can't throw these surprises at me at the last minute. That's okay. I know you're not, you're not good on your toes. You're not good. Um, so you know, but I just want, I just want everyone to know that Jess yesterday in a meeting said that I was smart. I didn't say you were smart. I said something that you said was smart and that's not the same thing. See, see what I deal with everyone. Then you want. <laughs> All right. What are we, uh, so hire. So. So where I want to start is, is how do you know that you need to hire a salesperson? Like, like, how do you know that it's the right time? I find that if you um, go deep in the desert, you fast, kind of let the, the smokes and winds kind of take over as you get into your various visions. Just so you know, I knew this was a loaded question when I put it on the list. <laughs> So um, I knew the the initial response I got to this one was going to be a smart ass one. <laughs> well, well, maybe the one that sounds like it makes sense is actually the smart ass one, and that's actually the best way. I mean, add a little, uh, you know, maybe peyote, maybe some mushrooms or something. That might. I'm not saying that that. I'm not condoning that, but I'm not saying it. Or, or maybe that's how most people do it. Um. So you got to give me a little bit more. So, like, what type of company? What's the situation? <sighs> um. Existing sales team or no existing sales team? Existing sales team. Let's How say you've got a sales team. Hundred people. Hundred oh, people. Yeah. How do you know when you need to hire a salesperson? When when one of your salespeople quits and you need someone to and you need coverage. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. And we have not talked about that um, yeah. a lot. So unit economics. Unit economics? Yep. What does yep. that mean? Well, just, you know, I have a philosophy. I believe firmly that the juice needs to be worth the squeeze. Never you heard that from that. you. You know, probably didn't know that. Um, wow. I got it. Like, I'm so big on that. Can we make me smaller? Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm having issues today, everybody. Um, so, you know, it, it's an interesting. Let me, let me add. So 100 salespeople. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say good economy or bad economy and realize when I say good economy or bad economy, that's really situational because there yeah. are, I mean, we can be overall in a really good economy and for a segment, some, for some segments, it's bad economy for them. So let's go bad economy. Like peacetime or wartime. Let's go, let's go, let's go wartime. Let's go bad oh, economy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so when headcount matters. Yeah. So, so like in good times, I believe that, that salespeople are often hired unnecessarily, but that's not necessarily the wrong thing to do. 
mm-hmm. right? Because if I've got a wind at my back and, and maybe I'm, you know, hiring ahead of what I really need or something like that, especially when you're looking at, you know, at, at, at the tune of a hundred salespeople, you know, that's not bad. And, th- and that's why, you know, it's really interesting. I know you didn't ask this question, but um, the commentary from people on, you know, with all the layoffs happening, especially in, you know, the fast growth, high tech world, you know, and there are some people who are saying, you know, see the, you know, the, the, this was just shitty leadership. They did stupid things, et cetera. Um, you know, it's not always stupid to overhire. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, if, if you're in a land grab situation, if you see the market, you know, growing faster than you are, then overhiring is not a bad thing. You know, it's not the wrong thing. And, and, you know, the unfortunate element is that like when you're scaling up, you're going to overhire. Yeah, sure. Um, but in, in difficult times, so in, 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 so when should, when, and actually that, that actually gets to the question of when should you hire a salesperson more than when do you need to hire a salesperson? So, yeah. so unit economics is, is what, what, what does that mean? It, it, kind of going back to what I said earlier, um, most, the vast, vast, vast majority of sales organizations I look at are mm-hmm. underutilized. And, and I think that one of the reasons that people hire an additional salesperson is it's because it's easier to hire another salesperson than it is to improve utilization. The problem with that is that that, that inevitably creates greater constraints. It creates... Um, bloated cost structures and and it also kind of sets it puts a set point at a lower level of productivity and so you know if you take a look at 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 the research that's out there and i and i believe for the most part it's true um you know typical salesperson today spends 30 to 32 percent of their time actually selling why increased time spent on on admin functions yep right and and so as that you know, that, that, that's been enabled by hiring another salesperson, which kind of builds that into the structure, like prematurely hiring another salesperson because figuring out how to manage capacity, how to do those things better. That's where a lot of hard work comes in and that's where there's a lot of math. And that's why it goes back to uh, unit metrics I actually saw, um, I think it was Sam Jacobs, the head of pavilion was posting, posted on LinkedIn today. Um, referenced, he was talking to some VC and, 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 re, re, you know, referred to growth is, is earned. It's not given or something, you know, yep. and, and it, 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 growth is earned through good, good um, unit economics. That's why unit economics was on the top of my head today. Um, if I hadn't read that, I probably would have said the economic model. Right. Um, so what is your economic model? So, so, so what's your growth plan? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what's your, what, what, what's your conversion model? What's your de- demand generation model looking like? Um, what, what's the, what's the theoretical model, i.e. what are your targets? And, and, and people could think of that as just the conversion funnel. How are you doing relative to the model? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so sometimes I'm going to see that, that relative to a model I'm underperforming. So my conversion rates are lower. Right. At, certainly at a stage. Which, which when my conversion rate is lower, especially at a certain stage when sales gets involved, that's going to put a pressure on, on capacity. And so, you know, I might have to hire a salesperson, but hiring a salesperson masks a weakness. And, and so, 
you know, one of the things that has happened, I think, in the last 10, 20 years that has brought a structural weakness and, and why revenue operations has the opportunity that it has to have the impact that it should have mm-hmm. is between the growth of technology, which, suppo- which was supposed to enable you to grow at lower costs, yet your cost of acquisition continues to go up and your cost of technology continues to go up. Uh, between that and um, easy money, it has been easier to generate more volume than to generate more yield. Gotcha. Right. And so if I'm hiring because of a conversion issue, because of, of a model issue, mm-hmm. and I'm hiring because I need to hire, then then okay. Right. But now I I hire and I hire that person and and I hit my number. So okay, hey, wow, look, congratulations. But you just masked that there's that there's a weakness there. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, did 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 you change your overall model? Right. So so those things are are, are all happening. Um and, and and so this this gets to a long-winded way of when do you know so you don't hire more salespeople when you need more sales. You you, you hire salespeople when you need more capacity and capability to manage the opportunities to manage the demand levels that you have. And so every time you hire a salesperson, you are adding cost, attention and resources below the wing. Oh, Jess, this is exciting because we are now lift. I can we are. talk about this on a regular basis, right? Right. So if we want to generate lift, if, if, if we want to make growth, you know, if we want to get on a growth path, then we need to be generating above the wing. So, so salespeople, especially, are, are post-intent costs, if you will. Now, I might apply them pre-intent, and we'll get into that maybe later. But, but what, what happens is as it, as it increases, partially because it's a variable cost, as it increases your cost, it, it puts more pressure on what your what what needs to come out, right? And and so yep. it puts more short-term pressure on what you need. So you now have to generate more. And and if you, you know, so as I'm hiring more salespeople, I'm putting more pressure on what's needed for post-intent opportunities. But if I'm not toiling, not toiling, if I'm not um, with farming the ground, if I'm not, if I'm not making the, the environment, a richer environment, a more target richer environment, if I'm not increasing the, the, the crop, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you, you would like, so when you hire salespeople and your economics don't support it, it's the equivalent of over farming. It's the equivalent of running your machines at a hundred to 110% capacity all the time. And, and, and I will tell you, if you come in and, and you cut 50% of your staff, if you run your machinery um, at a hundred to one hundred ten percent capacity, in the short term, you will look like a genius, right? Yep. And, and if you look at what a lot of turnaround, the quote unquote turnaround specialists, my favorite of this was Al Dunlop. If you're old enough to remember him, I mean that that was his game plan. He basically came in. He was never at a company longer than two years because he'd come into a situation to a company in trouble. He would basically overcut. Um, he'd run production above production capacity. Numbers would turn around. 
And the mm-hmm. next company in trouble would hire him at a, right? Until he ended up, I think it was at Sunbeam where, you know, the shit finally hit the fan. You know, ba- basically, uh, it, it was the garage sale theory. You know what garage sales are based on? No. Garage sales are based on a behavioral concept called the greater fool theory. Right. It's the fact that, so do you, do you ever put something in a, in a, in a garage sale that's yours that you think is really valuable? Oh, no. Right. You put, you put your trash, what what you're basically counting on is the shit you want to get rid of. Someone else would be willing to pay for one's man. One man's trash is another man's treasure, which is is another way of, of describing the greater fool theory that there's someone more foolish than me. Um, Right. And, and, and so that's what happens in sales so much. And that's why we have, you know, so much good times, bad times. And, and then, and so what happens is pressure gets put on every facet of, of your structure because the demand is coming from below. Like the resource pull is coming from below. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then, and then you put yourself into a situation where, you know, it, it, it's what I'm gonna. It's what I'm gonna call the greater wimpy theory. You know who wimpy is, don't you? I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> right. right. You're. That, that's what you're. You know, so you're. you're hi, so you're now in a position where you have to hire another salesperson to put yeah. them under a, you know, a quota that that they have to overproduce for. To. Right. And and and. And you do that thinking, hey, I'm going to get out. You know, we do that. We're going to get out of the trap that we're in because if we can just get to this level of sales, then then the model works, except that you're not addressing the flaw in the model. And so, like, if you have to hire that salesperson because of that flaw in the model, then, then you know, obviously you hire that salesperson. But you've got to really focus. And, and by the way, I think going into the future with how people behave today you really have to make sure that you're addressing while you're hiring those people, what are you doing to address those structural elements? Because here's another way to look at it, by the way. If I can generate more demand than my sales team can manage, Mm -hmm. on the edge, what happens when I give the next sales opportunity to my salesperson who's already, you know, at quota and this becomes a piece on top of it. Well, what happens is it's a lower cost to you because you're already covering their core costs. So you only, you're only covering your increment. And now that salesperson is super happy, right? (laughs) Because they just got another opportunity. Yeah. Right. They they, they didn't have to go right. Whereas what, what happens all too often when, when you don't have the right unit economics, when you don't have the economic model that supports it, you hire another salesperson. Well, what do you have to do when you hire that other salesperson? Well, you have to reallocate territories. Yeah. Right. Or, or in some fashion, you put another person in there. Hey, we don't have territories. Get what you can. Well, now you've got salespeople that, so you just hired another competitor. Right. And, And again, I'm not saying you never do that. Right. But you see what's happening is you're putting more and more strain on your system. And so I think that, that if you have a strong economic model, as you get larger, and I would say by the time you're at about, gosh, 20, 25 salespeople, certainly by the time you're at 50 salespeople, your model should be making it really clear when you need to hire a salesperson. Now, there is a challenge because 
you have companies that are funded mm-hmm. and they have to meet certain targets to be able to get their next tranche of funding. Yeah. You have public companies that, that have to hit certain numbers by the end of, of various quarters. Right. And so one of the ways you do that is, you know, bring in more end process resource to pull, but now you got to work that much right and you, and you get into that whole vicious loop. And oh, by the way, what you see is net acquisition costs continue to rise. Yep. So, so there are times where you have to, and, and by the way, if your model is set up correctly and, you, and you've got the right signals in place, I would still say like you should never be surprised when you need to hire a salesperson yep. and, and you should never be caught unprepared when you need another salesperson. And this is true at, at virtually any size sales organization, right? And what that means is you need to always be recruiting. Right. Right. We see this a little bit less when you get into larger sales organizations. And because of all, you know, a hundred person sales organization should have some level of natural turnover for, for a bunch of different reasons. So, so there's a little bit of that there, but, but I see this, um, constantly acutely companies that have five to 30 salespeople there they've got, you know, all the sales seats are filled. Right. And, and so they're not doing anything to find or get new salespeople and there's underperformance, this, that, or they want to, you know, resistance to change all those different things. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, well, here, well, well, we can't do that because I can't risk upsetting my sales team. Right. I can't lose the salesperson. Right. Right. And, and the reason you can't lose the salesperson is because you don't have any bench. Yeah. Not, right. You'd have to start from scratch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so you should both be always ready to hire a salesperson. Um, but you, you, you need to have, you know, your economic model and your economics should really dictate um, when you hire a salesperson. It should be very clear signals. Okay. What do you need to do to make sure that a new, like, let's say you've decided to hire a salesperson. What do you need to do to make sure that salesperson is set up for success? Like, like internally or, or ahead of, ahead of them coming on, like what, what, what kind of pieces do you need in place for them to be successful? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is define success. Okay. And then, you know, one element of success is, is what are the results that we're expecting? Mm Mm-hmm. And then have the math to support it. Okay, so that goes back to economic model. Well, economic model and also, and, and you know, and also reality. So, you know, you, we, we want you to bring in twenty sales a year. That's all twenty sales a year, just a little bit more than one and a half a month, right? Yeah. Well, what does it take to generate twenty sales? Yeah. Right. So, well, we need two hundred. Um, engaged customers. I'm sorry, 200 engaged prospects. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Uh, 200 MQLs, 200 SQLs. What, what actually what I would probably call 200 EQLs, engagement qualified. Mm-hmm. So I've got 50. Okay, well, guess what? Yep. We're not getting, I don't we're not getting the to 20. Support, right? So am I setting <laughs> yeah. you up for success? No. Right? So, you know, Sales is a process. It's a, it's a dynamic process. It's a highly flexible process, but it's still a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has inputs, it has outputs, and it has results. Yeah. What are the key inputs? 
what is a good at bat? So, so, so by the way, you know, it might be success is generating a higher volume of engagement, qualified leads, engagement, qualified accounts. Mm -hmm. That that might be what it is. Um, You you, you need to understand what a real rant, right? Now, again, let's say that, that we need 200 engagement, qualified leads generates 20 sales. Just, I'm not thinking through the math that this all super makes sense. I've got a hundred salespeople. And right now we're averaging 220 engagement qualified leads per rep. Yep. What does that tell you? It tells you, you better have some salespeople that you're hiring. Right. Right. And now you're able to, to reposition, reallocate, and everyone's got, everyone's got their coverage. What's my rant for that rep going to be? It's going to be a hell of a lot fat. Like I'm going to be able to, like you're coming in, we've got them in place. We need you to pick it up. We need you to take it forward. Right. Right. You need to understand what is your sales cycle time. And, and what you need to understand, this is what drives me crazy. You know, if you want to hire salespeople successfully, mm-hmm. and by the way, I think hiring salespeople is the hardest. Yeah. Um, well, that's unfair. It's not the hardest. It is the highest mishire rate. Okay. Yeah. I can, okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Mishires are a part of hiring salespeople. It, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Here's what I hate. People use averages. Yeah. So, so our average sales cycle time is 90 days. Okay. And most people are going to go, Mike, our, our, I'm shocked how many people tell me that their, their sales cycle time is, is less than 90 days. And I tell them, I've got news for you. What your selling cycle is less than 90 days, but there's a whole cycle that occurred before they ever showed up or maybe before they ever showed up in your CRM or in your so, pipe. So when you say sales cycle, versus selling cycle. So sales cycle would be from, from zero. So sales true. cycle, sales, sales cycle is really more buying cycle. Okay. How yeah. long does it take a customer to buy? Yep. Right. And so when we say sales cycle, right. So if I show up to you and you've already got, and you're already looking for something. And so you buy tomorrow, mm-hmm. I could say my sales cycle is one day, but that's not real, right? My right. selling cycle is one day. Now, now here's the thing about averages, right? At, at its simplest, what you have to remember is if your average is at even a meaningful average, what it means is that 50% of situations take less time than that and 50% take more time than that. So let's just right. say theoretically that it's 90 days mm-hmm. and, and, and your sales process is a bell-shaped curve which I've yet to see any rep have a bell-shaped curve on sales cycle time, mm-hmm. right? And so we say sales cycle is 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so ramp time is 90 days. Right. No, that's not <laughs> what it means. It means you're at 50% in 90 days. Right, right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because the other 50% take longer. Yeah. And And here's the thing that's, even crazier. What you'll typically see is a I, I, a dumbbell or barbell um, curve, and and actually, if you could have a middle weight in there, so so you have a percentage of sales that happen super fast, right? You have a percentage of sales that take a really long time. So I've got you know two sales happen in two days, ten sales happen in one hundred eighty days. So, so the other thing that you got to keep in mind is not just what's your, what's your cycle time when you look at from a sales standpoint, what's your cycle time 
on a dollar weighted basis. Because one of the things that you'll typically find is that your lower revenue opportunities will mm-hmm. will tend to have shorter times than your higher revenue opportunities, right? So even if all those deals come in, it's so like understanding ramp, if you're going to you know, really manage this and set them up to be successful. Um, and, and then this goes also into what I was uh, talking about earlier, which is, you know, do, do you have, um, you know, I, I wouldn't tell a farmer to, that, that I expect X mini bushel of corn, but only half of the, with, with only half a field. Right. To pull from, right? So, so it's yep. understanding those things. And then I would say, you know, are, are you good salespeople implement good process well? And so when you, too often we bring in salespeople in an essence and we say, figure it out, go make sales yep. happen. Isn't that what they do? That's what salespeople do, right? They just go, they make sales happen. You know, you know, by I, sales I, magic. I have, I have a choice to either engage in that, which, you know, is one play. The other is to share what I think is a really important piece. So I don't want to take the sarcasm to miss what I think is a super important piece. Salespeople get far too much credit when the results are good. They get far too much credit and they get far too much blame when they're not. Yeah. yeah. The, the other element too, is if you take a look at where we have our largest sales resource, you know, where we put our most important sales measures are actually where salespeople have the least value. Which is at the end. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So what, what are some of the attributes that you look for in a salesperson? Like what, what do you, what are some attributes that you want to see when you're interviewing? I want to see the killer instinct, Jess. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> that's a really hard question. Why? Who's the greatest football player of all time? Well, that depends on who you're talking to. Who's the greatest to. football player of all time, Jess? Tom Brady. Is that who we're going with? I don't know. Who do you, is that who you want to go? You're, see, you're thinking Roger saw that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What, what if you're looking for a left tackle? So, so the idea that, that a salesperson is, you know, these are the attributes of a salesperson. I don't know. I've met a lot of salespeople. I've met a lot of top, top, top performing salespeople that don't meet the attributes of a salesperson. So, uh, so what do you I look for when you're what, oh, what, like, what do you look for though? When you're, cause you've interviewed, you've interviewed a lot of salespeople. Um, what do you look for when you're interviewing them? Like what are, well, it's very situational. Mm-hmm. What are they selling? What's the, what's the condition of what they're selling? Are we, are we selling for a, a, a large company that's in a leadership position? Everybody in the market knows who they are. Are we selling for a small company? I mean, you remember the company you were at, they hired a rep who, who was very successful from a very large brand name company, you know, in a sales organization of hundreds to maybe even more than a thousand with sales assistants and this and that. And I think at the time there were three total salespeople in the company and it was like, Hey, guess what? You, you make your own coffee. You send your own emails. You schedule your own meetings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between, you know, if I call you and say, hi, this is Doug with IBM. And I say, hi, this is Doug with Lyft, you know, plethora. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so like you, you have that, are, are we, are we in a high volume, high velocity, lots of transaction game? Like, so are we selling a, a $30,000, um, SAS product 
to of of a marketing product to marketers? Are, are we selling a um, are 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 we selling a financial planning tool to CFOs? Thirty that are we selling a hundred fifty thousand dollar consulting advisory? I mean, you remember we hired somebody, um, very capable, very yeah. successful before he was here, very successful after he left, very frustrated here. Yeah, and, and his biggest frustration. I don't. I, I. I don't know if he's still listening to the show or, um, or what he'll think. But this is my sense. I think he would agree. Biggest frustration. I think the thing he never could overcome was the rhythm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a good month was a day where he came from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, what's the complexity? Who are you selling to? You know, one of the best salespeople I've met was a guy who came from procurement. And he was, and by the way, when you met him, you were not surprised that he came from procurement. You would be mm-hmm. very surprised to learn he was a sales executive. Yeah. You know who he sold to? Procurement. Right. He was a great sales rep. He yeah. knew procurement better than, like he, right? He understood it. So, so again, you get into all those things. Now, here, so here's what I would look for. Mm-hmm. How well do you play poker? Honest to goodness, the, the, the greatest sales interview that, that would happen is have a, have a, um, Texas Hold'em tournament. Yeah, we've talked about this before. How, um, how do you deal with discomfort? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I do when when we're helping somebody hire is I tell the company that we're helping out to tell them to reach out to me. Don't include me in the communication. Um, and then I have to warn them because they get upset. I I warn them. I said I'm not going to respond to yeah. to their to their outreach. And, and and I won't respond until you hear from them. Yeah. Right. Why do I do that? And I I told some people they're like that's a horrible experience. And 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 here's why I do that. Right. Now now keep in mind this is not something we do in the first stages. This is an end stage. Right. right. So I want to know how do you deal with discomfort? How do you deal with things when you're angry? How do you deal right. with things when you're not treated the way you should be treated? Yeah. Right. Do you hold it together? Right. So, so they're like, so what do you do in those situations? Now, you know, I don't do that in a high velocity. I'm managing multiple sales because it's sure. a different, you know, it, it, it is a different experience. So, you know, I, I want to see how do they deal with disagreement? I want to see, will they disagree with you? So, you know, the, the most dangerous thing about hiring salespeople is you use interviews to hire them. Well, if you're a, if you're a sales rep and you're not a good interviewer, we don't really have to worry about it, right? Right. Right. Every salesperson is pretty decent at the interview. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, my favorite trick when I interview for anything now is I start off the interview saying, so tell me what questions do you have? Yeah, we got we to gotta stop. We got to stop saying that on here because people, people have keyed on that. <laughs> people are much less thrown off by that than they were before we did the podcast. <laughs> well, you know what the upside is? That's okay. Yeah. You know, because think about this, even though they're less thrown off by it, how often do they not have any questions? Not that often. And, and, and by the way, it, like it used to super throw them off. Yeah. It still throws them off because how do interviews work? Interviews work where I start asking you questions. Right. You get into a flow. Because by the way, it, when you're in sales, you know you're going to be leading off with questions. So I want to know. Right. How do you tee it off? Like, do you come in? Are you? How do you start the conversation? Um, So, so tell me about the role. Okay. That's not a good, that's not a good first question, especially if I'm hiring a salesperson. Yeah. 
right? Um, and 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 so like the you know discomfort. How do they deal with change? How do they deal with uncertainty? Um, how do they deal in in, in pressure? I mean, my my definition. You know, are you curious? Mm-hmm. Are you coachable? Do you have a bias to action, a sense of urgency? Um, do you have command? And by the way, to have command means like I've literally today, I said to, to a prospect, I said, look, um, I didn't say, look, (laughs) but we, we were, you know, they, they felt that things were already in place that, that we didn't need to do X. And I said, Mm -hmm. here, I understand that you feel that way. Here's what I need you to understand. I will not take this project if we don't include this element of it. And and, right. and the reason is, if we don't do this, then I will not have the confidence that, that I'm going to be able to deliver what I'm promising you that I'm going to deliver. And so if you disagree with that, if you feel that it is unnecessary and to the, to the point where, you know, it's a total waste, right? If you don't want to do it, then, then I understand if you don't want to work with us. Yeah. Right. So, so when I'm interviewing a rep, especially, I want to know what, what are they telling me? You know, it's really important. Teamwork here is really important. Um, How do you work with others? Well, I find collaboration, right? So, so, you know, we, we kind of give those things away. I might go, you know, teamwork. So let's say I've got a in the field hunter rep. Yeah. You know, one of the things we really pride ourselves on, you know, is teamwork. Um, Tell me what's your best working style? What I want somebody to respond in this situation is, hey, look, I love teamwork, right? I love teamwork. I I, I think, you know, no one person gets it all done. Right. But just so you know, like I'm at my best when someone tells me really clearly what I need to do and then they kind of leave me alone to go do it. So like, don't, I mean, don't get like, I'll make sure that I keep you up to date, right? I'm okay, great. Because you just said something that on the surface would cause somebody to be concerned that I wouldn't. Right. So, so, so that's command. Right. And, and the, the ability to be uncomfortable, you give me those attributes. So, so what did I say? I said, are you coachable? Are you curious? Are you Co- coachable? Coachable ability to be uncomfortable. To action, sense of urgency, yep. command, mm-hmm. and comfortable on, so we can stick with the C's. You give me those five attributes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what the truth is? If you what? give me someone with those five attributes, they will be successful at whatever they dedicate themselves to. Um, I guess the other thing is, how comfortable are you initiating in absolute ambiguity, either cold or absolute ambiguity? Yeah. So like my brother, everything about him, he would be, he, he wouldn't meet the, like he wouldn't look like a sales rep. Like he wouldn't meet, he wouldn't, right. he would be, a very, very good rep. He is, I mean, that, that he would not do well in a pure sales role if he were, you know, unless he was in a role where it was handed off already set up for him to come in. And, oh, and, and I see. it's not that he can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's not even that, that the, the, the reluctance, the call reluctance would, would be debilitating to him. Yep. It, it, it's more that it just would be something that he doesn't want to do so much that, there would be other things that, that he does. So that's, um, and you know, the other, the other, and this is a, to me, this is being uncomfortable and, um, 
and having command with bias to action. There's a there's a bizarre thing about how do you talk about money? Mm, yeah. How do you talk about money? You yeah. know, I've, I've seen people that are really, really good. They meet everything. They just can't talk about money. Like the moment the dollars come up, they just get nervous. And, and you know, I mean, it, it, I mean, we've been so socialized so crazily about that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So, so that, that's a, um, yeah, so that, 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 that's what I'm looking for. And then other than that, everyone's got a different path. It's like, what do you look for in a hitter? I'm, I'm, I'm I look for hand speed. I look for right. It's, yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of different ways to get the job done. Yeah. Cool. Um, how much does experience factor? Like, do you care if they've got a lot of experience? Do, would you prefer somebody who's greener so they don't I'm have bad you. habits? Right. It's always just situational. You. Well, so, so I think that, um, you know, so, so let's say I'm hiring SDR and they're going to make 50 calls a day. I want to know where have you made 50 calls a day? Okay. Cause if you've never made 50 calls a day, then unless now if I'm hiring my 15th, certainly my 50th, I'm certainly less concerned about that experience. Mm-hmm. I, it's built into my mishire rate. Right. But until you've made 50 calls a day, you can't tell me how you're going to be making 50 calls a day. Um, one of the best pieces of hiring advice I've ever heard was never ask somebody new to you to do something that's new to them. Oh, interesting. Right. So, so experience to me is more about knowledge. Mm-hmm. So there's an experience when, when we hire a sales rep, especially an account executive, there's a level of experience that they're going to need, but it's not that you've got five years, 10 years, 15 years experience. Actually the reason that the hire, one of the reasons that the hire is going to be so difficult for us is that the level of experience that we need to be able to have the type of conversation we want this person to have. So like where we have too much demand, where we need somebody to step in and have that, they need to be able to have a real conversation. They need to have some depth. It, it's right. The danger is it's like, if they're in sales, then they've either learned a whole lot of like, they're, they're not going to line too. So, so, so it's, it's, it's an interesting element that's there. Um, but, but if I'm hiring a new rep, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I'm hiring, you know, in, in a new role, you know, t- towards new roles, if we're a smaller team and we're still figuring it out, then, then yeah, I think experience does matter. Um, to, you know, to the extent of, they say past performance is no guarantee of future results. And that's correct. It's not a guarantee of future results, but it's a pretty damn good indicator. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. I got a couple of uh, takeaways. So your economic model should be the driver of the decision, whether to hire a salesperson or when to hire a salesperson. You should always be recruiting. Can I adjust adjust something slightly? Sure. Because the question, the question, when do you know you need to hire? How do you know you need to hire a salesperson? How do you know when you need to hire a salesperson? Yeah. We got the how and when we got two questions in one. Um, That that's the way people think about the question and the difficulty with the question is it the fallacy is built into the question. The mistake is built into the question Yeah, because it, it views hiring a salesperson as an event. Okay. Right. It, and, and so, and so what I'm saying is that I should, um, we plan on hiring X number of salespeople this year mm-hmm. at this point, this point and this point because of, because of this. Right. That plan will adjust if 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 these if these come in ahead of plan, then we'll have to you know 
forward that hiring if this comes. So, so really, it I mean, sale every hire theoretically should be tri- should be trigger based, right? But sales, especially, and again, when we're talking about more than twenty five fifty salespeople, yep, especially needs to be trigger based. Yep. Um, always be recruiting. Um, understand your ramp up time when you're when you're hiring a salesperson. Have make sure your processes are clear. And then, um, and I always like this, the, the best sales interview would be to play a round of Texas Hold'em. Yeah. What was your second one? I had a thought and then it. Always be recruiting. And what was the third? Understand your ramp up time. Oh yeah. There we go. Know your math. If you want to hire and or lead sales, you need to know math. And it's so funny because there's no other, maybe finance, but everyone talks about, you know, sales is the numbers game. And everyone puts their, their little funnels and waterfalls together, but they don't know math. They don't understand, you know, they don't understand the math, but you know, what is, what does average mean? What is like all all those different things? If you don't understand the math of your business, um, then, then, then understand a, you'll, you'll never have predictability, right? If you don't understand the math of your business and that's what the math of your business. Yeah. Um, And, and you'll never really be, be able to hire or manage sales with a systems and design mindset. So that's an interesting point because it's probably the thing that surprised me most coming into the sales ops role here that I, I don't think I realized how much math was going to be involved in what we did and in sales and, 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 and putting processes together and sales plans together. Like I, I didn't realize that. And, and the problem too, now that I'm saying this, what I realize is too many people think, math equals arithmetic, right? <laughs> arithmetic is certainly part of math. Yeah. No question about it. But math is more than arithmetic. Um, and again, that's why Texas Holton comes in. If you don't understand probability, you're right. never going to manage your sales team well. You're, you're never going to assess quality if you don't understand probability. And, and let me tell you, probability is a bitch to understand. It is so hard to understand. Yep. And on that note... <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Drive safe. You're not, right? You're not, you're not taking, you're not Lyft. You're not using Lyft. You're just. I'm not using Lyft. I'm not taking the shuttle. I'm driving. (laughs) Drive safe. Thanks. Until next time. Until next time. That's a wrap on this episode of the Rub Off Show. I know there's a tendency in school to joke around whether or not you're actually going to use the math you learned. And while it may not be arithmetic that you need for sales, probabilities are a must. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about hiring salespeople or being hired, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.